Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. This week, we watched Splash, which came out in 1984, maybe one of our oldest movies that we've watched. I think it might be our oldest movie to date, but I'm not going to go back and check. <laughs> um, it stars Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. It was directed by Ron Howard. Really promising. This movie is banana pants. This movie is banana pants. It also has Eugene Levy and John Candy sparking our most interesting Instagram debate yet. F. Mary Kill, Tom Hanks, Eugene Levy, John Candy. Carrie, to begin, what is your answer to that question? I don't really want to F any of them. That's surprising because I think it's, I, I think killing is the hardest part. I don't want to kill any of them. I don't want to kill any of them either. You just want to marry all three? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's fair. I accept. Actually, no, I don't want to marry them either. I just want they to, them to be like my trio of crazy uncles. Well, this movie really gives you that. <laughs> yes. That all was right. maybe my favorite part of the movie was like the one scene where the three of them were together. Let's talk through the plot of this movie because it doesn't make a ton of th- sense. Uh, It doesn't make a ton. It makes zero sense. So when Tom Hanks is a young boy, as young boys do, he jumps into uh, the ocean. And a little mermaid girl saves him. Again, happens to all of us. When he gets older, he gets drunk and has, after his girlfriend dumps him and has a cab take him from Manhattan to Cape Cod, which feels like a real drunk move that no one's ever made but what who's to say and he rents a boat um and then gets stranded and saved again by a mermaid who then follows him back to new york spoiler alert it is the same mermaid from the beginning of the movie she remembers this he does not they fall in love they're very sexual together i think whoever wrote brian grazer who wrote like a story that then he turned into the screenplay i think probably has some sort of mermaid thing which no judgment i bet a lot of dudes do yeah so like she follows him back to new york and finds him at work at his apartment i don't even remember no the cops she gets arrested because she's naked so when she's drying on land she gets legs obviously we all know the science of mermaids so she's wandering Manhattan naked and gets arrested and has his wallet because he dropped his wallet on the beach. So the cops call him and he goes to pick her up. That's right. But by this point, she has put on a, like, I love New York oversized t-shirt. So it's like very, like, sexy, pretty woman wearing, like, an oversized t-shirt. Right. He goes to pick up this stranger at the police station. She also can't, doesn't speak English at this point. No, her name is pronounced like... <laughs> <laughs> right. She doesn't speak English. So between picking her up at the police station and getting her home to his apartment, they initiate sex. A lot. Several times. It's very heated. They say no words to each other. It is, I believe, nonverbal consent. Consent is strongly applied. I don't think there's a worry about that. Oh, no. my My concern is not consent. My, hot people can do that, Carrie. Like, how how do you think people hook up in clubs? 
sure, but there's no alcohol involved. Let's just let's just agree that the setup of this movie is insane. I think it makes perfect sense. Also, we don't even get to that meet until like 25 to 30 minutes in. No, it's very long. We have very much set up Tom Hanks as like a workaholic who can't hold a woman. And John Candy, his older brother, is like a womanizer slash like maybe sexual harasser. But it's John Candy, so we're all charmed by him. Well, and he's like lazy and kind of a buffoon. I would. John Candy is my fuck in the fuck Mary Kill. It's a nice twi- rom-com twist that he's a workaholic not at like an ad agency or like it's a fruit distribution no, plant. <laughs> and he and his brother like share an office. Also, before Daryl Hannah learns English from the TV, as you do in a day, the only woman that speaks in this movie is their like dotty receptionist who at one point like has come in with her bra on the outside of her dress because she got struck, struck by, by lightning. lightning. Uh-huh. Yes. Again, all of it makes sense because it's given to us and we just accept it. Yes. Uh, But yeah, I think what rom-com writers need to do now is instead of just being like, I can't think of a job, they're going to work at a woman's magazine or an ad agency or be an architect. They just need to be like, pick a product. They make that. (laughs) Because in this movie, they just distribute fruit. Yeah. And maybe vegetables. It's never made clear. At one point, there's like some spices on the wall. Well, I mean, if they're a good company, they've created a nice spice blend to sell along with. It's like a tahine. Maybe they're the inventors of tahine. (laughs) Yeah. So he's a workaholic at his food distribution warehouse. Which I don't know a lot about food distribution. Um, I'm sure it's a very hard and stressful job. But I don't know enough about it to be like, why would he be working late? Like, oh, there's a problem with the with the avocados. <laughs> like, and they don't like they didn't do a ton of research either. So at one point they're just like, oh, the cherries are slimy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's almost like Ron Howard was like, well, we have this warehouse to shoot in, so let's create a job around that. It looked like every warehouse that the detectives on Law and Order go yes. to question a suspect on, and he like won't stop distributing his fruit. <laughs> That's what this scene that it, I guarantee you that this scene and several Law and Order SVU scenes have shot at this like dock. Yes, yes. Um, there's also a good scene in the beginning where there there's I don't know a grocer like who buys I don't know who's buying these cherries, but well, John Candy at one point says that he's gotten like the biggest grocer in North America. They're going to be the fruit distributor to all of them but then there's just another guy who wants cherries and is mad about it and it's like does he want just cherries for his grocery store is this just like a man and this is how he buys his produce he wants a lot of cherries and he's very angry and at one point he shouts you're ruined like in a very you know old movie style like i'll ruin you but then tom hanks gives him uh bananas at cost and he's like you're great and we never see him again we just that is just to show us that Tom Hanks is good at his job. Right. Movies love to show us that people are good at their jobs because then you you don't like people who aren't good at their job. Like John Candy. I love John. Very likable despite the being bad at his job and also looking up lady skirts. Yeah. Really truly John Candy is the hero of the movie. He is. He get, Okay, we'll get there. Yeah. But he really takes one for old Levy and Hanks. The classic, the classic comedy duo of Levy and Hanks. <laughs> the other, the, the other 
thing that this movie starts with. So we start with this like flashback where Tom Hanks jumps into the ocean. Which he later describes as an accident. It's like, nah, bitch, you jumped into the ocean. Right. And so we get like a like a title card that says like 20 years ago, Cape Cod. Then we f- then we come forward to New York City this morning with the Twin Towers. The in Twin the Towers in the background. Crowds of people on the street. I was like, in 1984, y'all did not know what it was going to look like on the day we watched this movie. Because a lot of things have changed. We've experienced a lot of shit since 1984. I was like, this is not this morning. No. This movie does a lot to like... or. This movie, like, makes some choices to, like, make you think it's, like, timeless. Like, that, it just says this morning. It doesn't say, like, present day or 1984 or whatever. Um, There was something else that I wrote down later on where I was like, oh, they're trying to make it so, like, this could be any at any point in time. Except Daryl Hannah's post-Bloomingdale's shopping spree clothes and the look of the cabs in New York really give away the 1984 of it all. Well, and the style, like, like everyone's style, like <clears throat> early on in the movie, they go to a wedding and every single person looks like they were plucked out of 1984. At one point, John Candy says he's finished writing his short story, A Lesbian No More. I laughed out loud. There were some laugh out loud moments, particularly when John Candy and Eugene Levy were involved. I mean, comedy greatness. This we discovered while Wikipedia, we discovered a lot while Wikipedia and we'll get into it. But this was, like, apparently John Candy's breakout role. I miss him. I'm going to watch Uncle Buck tonight. This is also the movie that put the name Madison for girls on the map. That was the craziest part. When she was like, I want to be named Madison. Because, again, her name was... "Ah, ah, ah, ah." (laughs) And they're, like, walking down the street. And they're at the corner of, like, something in Madison Avenue. And she was like, I want to be named Madison. And he was like, well, that's not a name. And Carrie and I were like, yeah, fucking is. Our like, our baby cousin's name is Madison. I was like, there's some 19 and 20 year olds all over this country who would beg to differ. Well, I mean, and the reason they are no older than 35 is it was not a name before this movie or was not a first name before this movie. So like I teach an undergrad class. I think I had three Madisons last semester. Oh, we, we talked to our cousin last night and we were like, did you know you named your daughter after Madison from this movie? And she was like, I thought I named her after a president. But OK, we we're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> When Maddie gets older, we'll show show her this movie and she'll know that she is meant to be a mermaid. Literally, when you Google, Google like Madison girls names, the first thing that comes up is like, this name was not really a name before the movie Splash. Also, he then makes the classic joke of like, well, it's a good thing we weren't on 143rd Ave. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, Tom Hanks. He, like, Tom Hanks could just like sit there and be like, oh, I'm so sad. And we'd all be like, Tom Hanks we will make like that man can do no wrong. I, the combo of Tom Hanks and John Candy is sh- like chef's kiss, like just perfect. Because I am a woman of the age that I am and was a teenager when the classic uh, American film Orange County came out. I was like, Tom Hanks and John Candy have a real Colin Hanks, uh, Jack Black vibe, <laughs> which again, like, no, Colin Hanks and Jack Black have real Tom Hanks, John Candy vibes. But it made me want to watch the movie Orange County. Yeah, but I mean... I think that that's a fair point. Like the the combo of sort of like affable, uh, affable straight Hanks, straight man Hanks, and like over the top kind of buffoony black slash candy 
works really well. It works really well in this movie. It worked really well in Orange County. Yeah, that the moments with John Candy were my like some of my favorite mo- moments in this movie. He's one of those people who, when we talk like we talked about this, we talked about Heath Ledger, and we talk, it's just like it. It's so it's like almost sad to go back. It's joyful because he was a joyful actor and hilarious. But it's also just sort of like, oh, what would you have done if you hadn't died? I don't know. Like, and even like in smaller, there's not a ton. He's not like, there's not a ton of like genuine moments from John Candy in this movie. But you think about like scenes in Home Alone when he's like having very genuine conversations with Catherine O'Hara. And you think like, oh, you were a great actor. Like, he would have played some wacky role on Shit's Creek, and we all would have loved it. Yeah. Anyway, we love John Candy, despite the fact that, yes, he does look up women's skirts in this movie, and that is a crime. Um, And it's used, I mean, truthfully, like... It's used to set up his character. It's not used... there, And that's, like, as far as it goes. Like, I, I applaud this 1984 movie for not making him more of, like, a sexual harasser for the sake of laugh. Yeah. Well, and he does seem to get women. Yeah. He's been married several times. Often in Maryland, because you don't have to get a blood test there, is a line at some point. Yeah. Allison, at one point, Tom Hanks said something about getting a blood test so they could get married. And Allison was like, I'm sorry, you have to get a blood test? And I, I told you that... When Jeff and I got our marriage license, mom was like, did you get your blood test? And I was like, is that a thing? We, th- we think we decided it's a, it's a regressive, offensive 1980s STD and AIDS related uh, policy that Amen. thankfully has. Anywho, was it was real. weird. It was a real 1984 moment. <laughs> a crime iron doesn't hold up. Not even from last night to this morning could I tell you what I meant. A crime iron? Crimping iron. Her hair is crimped. Yes, but it's not like she takes a crimping iron to it. That's just like no, that's, her beautiful mermaid hair. That is not her. This is how you know that men made this movie. It's like, that's not what beautiful mermaid hair is. That's a crimping iron. I know that from a mile away. As a child, I had one where you could take out the blades to change the size of the crimp. Yes. Yeah. You also know men wrote this movie because... She doesn't speak for 37 minutes. She doesn't speak for 37 minutes. And then when she does speak, she's very... There's almost like a a mani, manic pixie dream girlness to her. Well, she, she's not quite like that trope, but there's a very like... I mean, she's a mermaid, so there's a very like ethereal, like beautiful mysterious woman who comes for six days and then is gonna leave and i mean she's quite literally a fish out of water she convinces tom hanks to like work less and be more spontaneous and be joyful you know there's a real plot deviceness to her yeah she improves the man right while also letting him teach her things like you have to leave a department store when they close. Because yes. there's also this sort of like him sort of like guiding her and teaching her like. Right. Also, like, you know, we've talked in the past that we like rom-coms where like we see a relationship organic de- or develop organically. There's none of that here. No, they see each other and they have sex. 
Which, like, I get it. You're sexually attracted to each other. Live your lives. Then they, very soon after, confess their love, all while she's harboring the secret that she is, in fact, a mermaid. Um, And then at one point, they agree to get married. It Like, everything, it just happens very quickly. He brought her, like, a beautiful Tiffany snow globe. I get that. I'd marry a man 24 for a hours globe. later. Yeah. It's pretty woman for weirdos, this movie. Because at one point, he, like, sends her, sh- like, she goes shopping at Bloomingdale's. <laughs> this is, like, pretty woman for averaged income weirdos <laughs> yes although like in pretty woman there was at least a l- there was a little more romantic development it and had the character had more agency yeah yeah julia roberts had more agency and character building than than daryl hannah yeah basically the movie's like well she's beautiful so of course he falls in love with her this is like blonde women can do anything right oh at one point we were like what happened to daryl hannah why hasn't she worked a lot lately where's daryl hannah let's do a quick google and can you guess what happened to daryl hannah harvey weinstein happened to daryl hannah so he ruined her career and he sucks and it's just like anytime you're like that actress from the 80s and 90s i miss her what happened to her the answer is harvey weinstein destroyed her career yeah, there's a whole generation of women who are like Daryl Hannah's contemporaries, where if you kind of like wonder what happened, um, it would, the answer is Harvey Weinstein. The two other two that come to mind that like were very funny, beautiful, kind of bursting onto the scene. Rom-com stars. Um, are Mira Sorvino and Ashley Judd. And the other, I said this to Carrie last night and I was like, and then think about all the other women who never even got to the point they got to and then got their careers destroyed because they wouldn't allow themselves to be sexual like they wouldn't uh have sex with him he just he in the most non-carceral way ever rat in jail yeah i mean she so like in this movie i love daryl hannah i've seen her in multiple things where i absolutely think she's wonderful she doesn't get a ton to do here what she does get to do this sort of like bright-eyed bushy-tailed discovering the world fish out of water fish out of water she does it very well yeah you know the scene i think for example the scene where she in the middle of the night decides to take a bath and so then her um fin her fin her tail comes out and then he wakes up and she's trying to like hide it from him she's quite good like really good in that scene there's she's funny but she's also desperate like she she's and she doesn't have of... lines. She does it all. She does most of it non-verbally. Right. Yeah. I was trying to remember the... Oh, we did also discovered that she's married to Neil Young, which is a fun uh, fact. What was the movie where I was like, oh, that's where I, what I think of when I think of Daryl Hannah. Steel Magnolias. Thank you. Yes. Which is a movie where she gets lots to do, and she's really wonderful and very funny. And she still sort of plays the, like, innocent, yes. wide-eyed newcomer. Yes, she's wonderful in that. And she's, a, I mean, she's wonderful in this. It just, she has a very specific thing to do. Yeah. I also discovered in this rewatch that I'm not sure I've ever seen the first 20 minutes of this movie. I think that I've only ever watched this movie like on a Saturday afternoon on TBS. And I've only come in like 20 to 30 minutes in. Um, yeah, I feel like this is one of those movies when we were kids that, like, played on TV all the time. Yeah. I had a memory 
of this like dad really liking this movie and then you said like i think we just watched it with dad i don't know that he like loves it yeah and having watched it now i'm i'm gonna venture to guess he enjoys it but it's not like a fan favorite yeah i don't know he doesn't like he has never like ooh, let's watch splash like he is like ooh, let's watch any um that man wants to watch Die Hard all the time or like just like any Western on a Sunday afternoon or any Denzel, any movie where Denzel Washington becomes like in control of some sort of vehicle or like has to stop evil. Like he loves Denzel Washington armored with some sort of superhuman power having to stop an evil force. As long as there's like a hint of like, but Denzel Washington also might be like, he's fighting the evil in his heart. Like that's dad's ideal movie. The, like, challenge of this movie, besides the fact she's hiding that she's a mermaid from Tom Hanks and he's fallen madly in love with her and wants to marry her, um, is that Eugene Levy saw her at one point in the ocean and so now wants to prove to the... He's a scientist. He wants to prove to the rest of the scientific community that there's a mermaid. Obviously a scientist. Have you seen him? That man was born to play... A scientist. So we get this like run of jokes where he's like running around New York City trying to throw water on her and he keeps throwing water on like the wrong blonde woman. It's the same couple. He keeps throwing water on the wrong blonde couple. So but then when he finally succeeds and proves that Daryl Hannah is a mermaid, then she gets like kidnapped by science. But it's like the fucking military. Yeah. Carrie was, looked at me and said, well, we have to defund the military. It's like this. This is overreach. They're, like, running tests on her. And then Eugene Levy, like, has a change of heart. Well, because the head scientist, the meanest scientist, says, like, we, I can't wait to open her up and, like, see how her reproductive organs work. So it's clear that they're going to, like, kill her and dissect her. And Eugene Levy's like, well, that's not what I wanted. Right. So he joins the good side. So then we get, like, ten minutes of Tom Hanks, John Candy, and Eugene Levy in, like, a farcical romp. Like, suddenly we're in Ghostbusters. They and they were wearing lab coats, and that that was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I could have done without the whole romance part. I just the, I wa- you just wanted the calm. I want yes, you wanted, wanted to watch Ghostbusters, but I specifically wanted Tom Hanks, John Candy, and Eugene Levy to like fight scientist crime. It's a fun trio. It's like not a trio I would have put together naturally, but I was like, yep, these three, it's great. they're fun. FMK, Tom Hanks, John Candy, Eugene Levy. It's a hard one. Yeah. there. That was honestly, the rest of this movie, I was like, meh. It's t- I'm tired and it's like, I could take or leave it. But that part I liked. Yeah, that was a fun, uh, goofy romp. Although you're right, John Candy then full sacrifices himself. So Eugene Levy and Tom Hanks get her out of the facility. <laughs> And John Candy, like, stays to get arrested when the uh, feds show or, like, the military people show up and she's not there. Like, he's sitting there like, ta-da! Which, like, how did that help the plan? Could you not all have escaped? Did you have to leave behind a decoy? Like, who's looking at John Candy and being like, that might be Daryl Hannah? Like, you're not, like, you're not doing, like, a switcheroo on them. (laughs) I think that it happened solely so we could get, like, the shot of John Candy like, hanging out in the fish tank like it's a fucking jacuzzi with his cigar and his drink, you know, for, like, that comedy show. And because John Candy is not such a selfish person, he sacrificed himself 
For his brother. Well, and then Tom Hanks is going to go back to the ocean. And he's excited because he will get to see his brother. And if he goes back to the ocean, he can't come back. Which didn't make any sense because she was there for six days. Why can't he go for six days? But he chooses Daryl Hannah over John Candy. Right. He chooses love. So he goes into the ocean never to come back to land. Which is maybe the wildest rom-com ending (laughs) I have ever. I have so many questions. First of all, I would never. You would. You wouldn't choose uh, ocean love over me. Like I'm John Candy in this. Because let's get real, you're the Hanks and I'm the Candy. Uh, no, I mean even if you were involved, like I'm not gonna go live in the ocean for the rest of my life. It's beautiful down there. That's fine. But I like, guess not like American oceans. At one point, he's like on a beach and there's like he's like washed up and there's like beautiful blue ocean behind him and i was like that's not what they look like they're very murky and there's a lot of dead fish (laughs) i just was like this i mean i guess i'm glad that like the ending wasn't that the woman because the whole the whole movie or like after daryl hannah gets to new york we see that she is missing the ocean and she is feeling called to the water it's why she takes a bath it's why she stands by the docks right and then she And then she makes this decision that she's going to give it all up to be with him because she loves him that much and she will give up, you know, this piece of herself. Well, they're at a dinner for the... Oh, that was the other thing where I was like, oh, they're trying to be timeless. They're at a dinner... Uh, for, somehow they got in dinner, invited to a dinner of the president and it was not Ronald Reagan as it would have been in 1984. It was just another old white man. And she decides she's going to give it all up for him. Right, and they're going to get married. So I'm glad that at the end... We have a switcheroo and he gives up his life for her. Right. But what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, I just I don't understand why that had to be a choice. Like, sometimes when you marry someone, you then have to, like, move away from your family based on, like, a job or something. But you still are allowed to visit them. And again, this whole movie has been like, she's like, well, I get six days. It's like every year he can't spend a week with John Candy. Maybe it's like, you know, like, you know how Amish people have like their rum springer where they go and they just like out into the rest of the world. To decide if they want to commit Maybe, to the Amish life. Right. Maybe this was like her mermaid rum springer. Like every mermaid gets like six days, but it's not like an annual thing. You just get it the one time and then you have to decide like I'm a land person or I'm a mermaid. Well, they should have made that clearer. Correct me if I'm wrong. And like Ariel did choose Eric, like, she did have to give up her mermaid life to be with Prince Eric, who, as I'm saying it, Tom Hanks is the real-life Prince Eric. Disagree, but go on. You're right, James Marston. (laughs) But she was still allowed to see her father and her sisters. Right, from, like, ocean land. Not, like, she couldn't, like, go swimming with them. She swam as a person? Yeah, it's, it's insane. I was thinking, like... Maybe it's just because, like, COVID and I've been inside and I'm, like, desperate. I mean, like, there was a scene in Bloomingdale. Right now? You wouldn't go? Well, no. Because I keep thinking, like, what about, you know, there's a scene in Bloomingdale's and I'm like, fuck, I want to go to a department store so bad. I don't even really like department stores, but I would give anything to, like, safely walk through a department store right now. Based on Karen and I watching that scene, you would have thought we were, like, 
raised in a department store, which our mother is a shopaholic. So I guess in some sense we were, but we were both like, ugh, I just want to walk past makeup counters. I just want to look at jewelry and cases. I just want to see a bunch of sweaters hung. Like we have been in this house too long. Yeah. So I think when it was like, would you go into the ocean? It's like, no, because I want to go to bars and restaurants and department stores and the ocean is her, is the COVID. Yeah. And then there's a beautiful, like, post credit scene where Tom Hanks is, like, still fully dressed. They're in the ocean, like, swimming through the ocean. He takes off his lab coat. He does, like, the takes, right, she takes off his lab coat, presumably so, like, he can swim better, but he still has, like, a full suit on. And his shoes. And, shoes. and they're, like, swimming through the ocean, like, pointing at fish and, like, pointing at coral and, like, isn't this beautiful? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, she could have been like, that's my Uncle Bill. That's my friend Tim. Like... <laughs> Right, they're just pointing at fish, like, and I was like, this is the wildest movie. I mean, it is insane. At the beginning, he has a fish tank to indicate that uh, he hasn't, he loves the ocean, and she, at one point, I think, gets very excited about a fish tank. She just keeps pointing, every time she sees fish, she points at them. (laughs) Um, It's also, at one point, implying that they had sex on the top of a fridge, and I'm going to need Ron Howard to draw me a diagram of how he pictured that working. Like, on top of the fridge! First of all, that is where you store your cereal. And second of all, there's no room for that. I guess they're both very thin, but... Yeah. I mean, I will say that one time in college... You had sex on top of a fridge? No, but I did drunkenly get on top of a fridge. Oh, there's a good picture of that. Okay, so you're drunken on top of a fridge. Now you have to also fit a man up there and then have sex with him. Yeah, I don't think logistically that would have worked, particularly in my drunken state. Well, and, sure. But they're also, they're in a New York apartment, so it's not like the fridge, it's not one of those sub-zeros. Like, it's a small fridge, I imagine. I don't know, I just... That's the piece of this movie that doesn't quite click Yeah, everything you. else makes complete logical sense. Um, but I don't think they could have had sex on top of a fridge. Yeah, the rest of this is just definitely based in scientific fact. I mean, Eugene Levy seems to understand science. This movie is also, I mean, okay, so, like, the plot is bizarre. The actors are great because it's, you know. Because they're great actors. Like, you're not going to, I, we also just watched Best in Show, so I'm in a real Levy kick right now. But, like, there's he can't do anything wrong. Tom Hanks, we talked about this, I think, in when we talked about Sleepless or You've Got Mail, like, the man and the man can do anything, you know, like whether it's this movie or Joe versus the volcano, like anytime we put him in some kind of like crazy ridiculousness, we're just like, ah, oh, but it's Tom Hanks. Like, it's fine. Um, I buy it. He's the everyman. Right. But also this movie is long. It actually isn't even that long. It's just take because I looked at the beginning because we both true life we were both very tired yesterday and we we're like oh i gotta watch splash and we like turned it on it's on disney plus and uh i like clicked to see how long it was and it was like an hour 45 minutes so like probably a little bit longer than you want your rom-com but we're not like at apatow length here and i was like okay great like we'll be done in under two hours and then it like like carrie said it just like took so long to get to like Daryl Hannah showing up. Like it just takes a while to get to the fun stuff. I mean, way too long do we spend on Eugene Le- Levy, like on his own with these two like rando dudes that have taken him out to the ocean. 
like the whole string were like Levy's by himself. Basically. Yeah, I was we like, want we Levy with Candy and Hanks. Right. We needed like a scene to have the setup, but we had like four scenes of Levy like in the ocean being a scientist, and I was like, this is too much, too too much. That I didn't remember how bizarre as shit it is. I think I, I like. Think I, I felt like I remembered this movie better than I did. Yeah. Well, when Eugene Levy came up in the credits, I was like, wait, what? What are we? I, for- I completely happening? forgot he was in this. I would have been more excited to watch. And yeah. then I got more excited to watch. Yeah, I did not remember this movie as well as I thought I did. It's insane. It's fun. But this is definitely a movie where you're like, oh, it's on TBS and there's 45 minutes left. Okay. Well, because at that point, you're at the antics of the men. And you're like, yeah, I'd watch. I'm going to watch Ghostbusters, but I don't want to get out the DVD. So I'm going to watch the last 45 minutes of Splash. But, like, do I go to Disney Plus and watch it again? There are better, better versions of this movie and better, like, rom-coms and comedies with each of those actors that I would watch before I'd watch this. Sorry, Ron Howard. There are better Ron Howard movies that I would watch before I'd watch this movie. Okay. You have to watch this or A Beautiful Mind. What are you watching? Just like on an afternoon. Probably A Beautiful Mind. It's chilling. I love A Beautiful Mind. Me too. I'm just saying like that's not a movie you can like lately take in. It's very heavy. Yeah. Still, probably A Beautiful Mind. I do like I do think this movie is funny. Like all of those people are funny and like Ron Howard is very funny and he's like and he has a good wit and sense of humor. Um, and like directorial style, it's just the pre- the premise is banana pants. Yeah. I don't know. It turned out to be more fun than I thought it was going to be. See, I feel the opposite. I feel like it was less fun than I expected. Maybe my expectations were just too high. Well, what do you know? That's Splash. What are we watching next? Next week, we are watching Best Man. Oh, that one I do like. Carrie loves Best Man. I don't think I've ever seen Best Man. And I get it confused with its sequel, Best Man Holiday. So am I to understand that this is just Best Man Holiday, not at the holidays? Correct. Great. It's at a wedding. Oh, fuck. I love a wedding rom-com. Um, you can find us on the internet. You can find us on uh, Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod or on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Rocket Women. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, please uh, rate, review and subscribe. We love reading them so much. Um, and Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye.